What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. The light bulbs are going off in my head. <laughs> this is like deep. I just haven't thought of it that way. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know if I've ever had anybody put it that plainly to me before. All this time I've been going to church, this never resonated with me. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. And today we're going to be talking about what it means to be a man and not a woman. In our last episode, we covered the attribute of being courageous. You see, when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, to act like men, he was not saying that in some way you had to learn how to spit a loogie, you need to buy a truck and wear camouflage all the time. That's not what Paul was saying. It's a way of saying be courageous. So to act like a man in part is to be courageous. That's why a man is most unmanly when he's not courageous. Let's think about it in another way. If a woman lacks courage, it's not seen as a character fault. In fact, it's maybe totally understandable. She might say, hey, you go see what that noise was. Or you see the guy with the hood coming at us down the dark alley. The illustration I used last episode. You go figure out what that is. Or you kill the spider. I hate spiders. Now, I don't mean that there are zero ladies who demonstrate courage. I just mean that courage is not distinctively connected to being a woman. But to be a man who lacks courage, there is a fault there. There's a lack of biblical masculinity there. So courageousness, to be bold, to be strong and knowing who you are because the Lord is with you. The next attribute that I want to show you comes from 1 Timothy. So I'd like you to grab your Bible and go over to 1 Timothy. For us to be men's men, men who love the Lord, who protect women, who do good to those who are around us, we have to be pure. The second attribute of a man is that a man is pure. Now, let's look at the way that Paul addresses Timothy to interact with those in the body of Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters in all purity. This is the way that you're to treat different people, Timothy. Treat the older men in the church as you would a father, older women as your mom, your spiritual mom. And the younger women, those that might be similar to appear for you, treat them as a sister in Christ and do so with all purity. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, we see that the qualifications to be a spiritual leader, this is an elder in a church, is that he must be, emphasis on he, he must be a one-woman man or the husband of one wife. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. So in Titus chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. When Paul speaks to his other preacher boy, Titus, he reminds him to challenge the young men to be self-controlled. 
one of the things that we know God has for us as men is purity. You cannot be a qualified spiritual leader if you're not pure. The way that you're to interact with sisters in Christ is in all purity. 1 Thessalonians 4 is going to say that God's will for you is that you would abstain from sexual immorality, that you would be holy and pure. For a man to be a man, he needs to be a pure man. You're like, okay, hang on, Gifford. What you doing? What tomfoolery do you have for us here? Okay, well, let me explain that. Can you be genetically a man? Yes, you can be genetically a man and be impure. But it's not only your biology that defines masculinity and manhood. Remember, I said the Bible and your biology defines what makes a man and not a woman. So for you to have the biology of a man is step one, but God calls you not just to the biology and the genetics of a man, but God calls you to actually have the character traits of a man. A man is called to be pure, holy, self-controlled, not indulgent with immorality. Consider the ramifications of this. Let's start at the inner person and then let's move to the outer person. For a man at the inner person level, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 that he commits adultery. He doesn't say she, he says he commits adultery when he looks after a woman to lust after her in his heart. Maybe you've been around biblical counseling for a while, or maybe this is new to you. But remember, the heart is the epicenter of our inner person. It's the reason why we do what we do. The heart is the motivation. The heart is the explanation. The heart is the root and the behavior are the fruit. You've heard me say this multiple times. And for those of you that have seen the TV show Transformed, you've seen me teach this to counselees. The heart is the center of it all, guys. So Jesus says, when you allow yourself to look after a woman, to lust after her in your heart, boom, shaka, laka, taka, naka, quaka, guaka. What has happened in that moment is you have given in to adultery at the level of your heart. You're impure. Where does impurity start with in a man? It starts with in his heart. Honestly, by the time we're talking about the impure actions of a man, then what that results in is a misguided conversation because those impure actions are the result of what's been taking place in that man's heart. When a man allows his inner person to be wicked and immoral, then it is just a matter of time before his actions are wicked and immoral. It's sad to only focus on the behavior because the behavior is not the primary point. The behavior is the expression of a man who has an immoral, impure, adulterous heart. So let your desires do whatever they want and just watch the way your actions will soon follow. For a man, purity starts in the heart. For him to guard his heart, Proverbs 4.23, for him to renew his mind with the truth, for him to 1 Timothy 5, treat sisters as sisters and to do so in all purity. 
not only in his actions, but also in his mind, in his thinking, and his desires, that he is protecting women in the level of his heart, that he's protecting women at the level of his heart. That is what it looks like to be a man who is pure. So let me say it in a negative way, and sometimes this is helpful. A man is, he's not masculine, he's not strong, he's not manly whenever he's impure. It's shameful for us men to be impure. God has called us to be leaders. God has called us to be examples. God has called some of us to be spiritual leaders. And when we give in to impurity, the reality is that we are acting in a way that is unchristlike and unmanly. The second attribute of what makes us men is going to be that we are men who are pure. So I've said, all right, this isn't just something that happens in your actions. This is something that starts in your inner person. So let me tease that out for a second. If purity is something that is not only about my actions, but it is something that regards my inner person, then I need to be very careful about my inner person because purity starts at the level of my inner person or my heart. For a man to be a man, he must see that his inner person has to be pure. And if his inner person is pure, then his actions will be pure. But if he is not fighting for purity at the level of his thought life, at the level of his desires, at the level of what he is imagining, at the level of what he daydreams about, if a man isn't pure at that level, then guess what? His actions won't be pure. Just give it time. I promise you, just give it time. His actions will correspond to what's taking place in his heart. That's the reality. That's what will take place. So we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you considerations as a man and as men who are raising men, how do we fight for purity? We'll be right back. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Be back with more from Dr. Gifford and the Transform Podcast in just a moment. Continuing this topic of biblical masculinity in the area of purity. And if you happen to be struggling in that area of purity, or maybe you know someone who is struggling in that area, let me recommend to you a resource that you can find on our website at transform.org. It's Passions of the Heart by Dr. John Street, which is an excellent guide for anyone seeking to cultivate purity in their lives. One of the things that really stood out to me from this book, Dr. Street said, quote, purity is not merely an external behavior, but it's a heart attitude that reflects our love and our reverence for God. And that's a point that I know when we're in the moment of being impure, we completely, totally neglect to think about our love and our reverence for God. This book is full of truth that will help you understand the significance of purity, but also ways to achieve it in your life. So pick it up, Passions of the Heart by Dr. John Street. Now, while you're there at transform.org, we'd also like for you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. If you would consider that, we would really, really, really appreciate your generosity because it helps us to continue producing episodes of Transformed as well as providing a ton of other resources that help people. We reach millions of people every single day all over the world with the gospel, but we can only do it 
with your help and support. So at transform.org, we would love if you would prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Also, I'd be remiss if I did not mention if you are feeling inspired. And truth be told, Dr. Gifford can have that effect on you. If you're feeling inspired to take your knowledge of biblical counseling to the next level, or maybe you want to look into starting a biblical counseling center in your own local church, let me recommend to you How to Counsel Biblically by Dr. John MacArthur. It's a comprehensive guide that's going to give you a solid foundation on becoming a biblical counselor. Dr. MacArthur says, quote, Counseling is a spiritual task that should be the responsibility of every Christian who wants to help others grow and mature in their faith. Now, this book is not only going to teach you the principles of biblical counseling, but also give you some ways in how you can apply those principles into your life effectively. So, How to Counsel Biblically by Dr. John MacArthur. Now, the last thing I want to share with you is if you yourself are struggling with issues, which many of us are, feel free to reach out by email at greg at transformed.org. Now, back to the discussion, very good discussion, I might add, on the area of purity and biblical masculinity. Welcome back to Transform. The Bible would tell us that OCD is not a disorder. It is the fruit of wrong believing and wrong theology. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back. We've been talking about what makes a man and not a woman. And the overarching categories I've provided for that is your body, your biology, God has created men differently, and it doesn't take a long time to study anatomy to begin to learn that there are differences between men and women. Secondarily, I've been talking about what the Bible describes, and particularly attributes of a man, things that we're to pursue. So courage was first, and in this episode, we've been talking about purity. I want to drill down a little bit deeper into purity. So let's talk about purity. Purity is a holiness. Purity is that we're abstaining from sexual immorality. Purity is a cleanliness. To use 1 John chapter 1, it's that we're walking in the light as God is in the light. There's no darkness in us. We're exposing the deeds done in the darkness, according to Ephesians 5. That's what we're getting at with purity. And it is something that a man is called to be. He's called to be pure. And in fact, what I said in the last segment is, hey, if you're a man who is impure, you're harboring impurity, then you're acting in a way that's unchristlike. number one, but it's unmanly, number two. It's shameful because you're not treating women with the dignity that they deserve, and you're not treating them according to the purity that you're called to treat them, 1 Timothy chapter 5. So I want to first of all address men, and then I would like to secondarily address those of us that are parenting and we're trying to cultivate men around us. Number one, men, if you're thinking of this and you're like, oh man, Dr. Gifford, do you know my life? Are you talking to me personally? The answer is no, like I don't know your life, but God often uses words like these to bring conviction to our hearts. If you're hearing this and deep within you know that you're not a man of purity, then take this opportunity to see that, yeah, you need to figure that out with God's help. Because in order for you to be a man that is fruitful and faithful before the Lord, you have to be pure. You got to be a pure man. I once had a mentor tell me this, and it's something that I've written in my Bible and I've done my best to continue to live out, that God uses your humility and God uses your purity 
as a man. For you to be a fruitful man, you can't be too pure. Does that make sense? You can't be too far from sexual immorality. So there are things that you are going to avoid simply for the sake of not going there and allowing yourself to be given to that. On this campus where I'm currently recording, I'm at Masters University or the Masters University. And what will happen is regularly, I'll have conversations with young men, 18 to 22, and they're battling purity. The war is raging for purity. And I'll ask them some basic things about the way that they use their phone. And I'm almost dumbfounded to hear the things that they tell me. You're struggling with purity. You have no filters on your phone. You have no guards, no accountability. You have unfiltered access to the internet sitting next to you on your nightstand and you sleep with that unfiltered access sitting next to you. It's like you have plutonium on your nightstand and you're not thinking anything about it. No wonder why you struggle with purity, in all fairness, because you have some really silly things that you do with your technology. Men, as you're listening to this, you have to hear that you have the ability to demonstrate self-control and to be pure. That is why you're not tempted to do impure things in public. Most of you are not at the food court at the mall and struggling to be impure in that context. There's too many people there. You're not tempted to grab your phone and do something immoral while using your phone. There's too many people. If someone were to bust into your room and say, look, I have a million dollars and this million dollars will be yours if you resist the temptation, almost all of you would be like, done, give me that million dollars, son. Thank you. You have the ability to demonstrate self-control. Why? Because God's spirit resides in you. Self-control is an attribute of the fruit of the spirit. So before we give into this temptation, like I'm a man, I got needs, and this is just the culture we live in, and there's temptation everywhere. No, you can do it with God's help. You can do it. And until you stop justifying your sinful decisions to be impure, you're never going to be a pure man. Jesus says it this way, you got to be willing to pop your eyeball out and cut your hand off so that worst case, you go to heaven missing an arm. It's better to do that than to go to hell fully bodied. Do you take your sin that seriously, especially in regard to purity? Man, if you don't take your purity that seriously, if you're not willing to pull a Joseph and run out of there looking like a crazy person, If that's not you and your commitment to purity, then I'm just going to be candid with you. You won't be pure. You won't be pure. Okay, I try not to be a crazy person, but I think I am just by default. But there are certain things that I don't mind being crazy about and looking silly about. And those things are going to be connected to my purity. I'll be candid. There are certain films, movies, uh, things that we just don't even talk about and go near in my home. And you may be like, oh, that's just, you're being uptight. You're being a legalist. No, man. Like, I know how this works. There are certain magazines that anger me that they would ship that to my house. And I am one dude with three other dudes in my home. And it angers me that they would ship that home. If we don't take the steps to be pure and have zero allowance, then recognize this. You won't be a man who is pure. So in counseling, I find that the guys that are 
hemming and hawing and they can't be pure and they're struggling with pornography and they're struggling to think about women in inappropriate ways. You have to sober up and hear this. You have God's spirit indwelling you and he has given you the grace to be pure. He's called you to do that. And men, we have to take that seriously. If we can't be pure as single men, we're not going to be pure as married men. And if we're not pure as married men, how are we going to help parent young men to be pure men when they grow old? I don't know. I don't know how you're going to do that. I don't know if you can do that. So wake up call. We can do this with God's help by the spirit he has provided to us. And we even have vignettes now of what it looks like for us to demonstrate self-control. Okay, next point. Some of us are actually parenting young dudes that we're hoping will become godly men. If we're not careful, we overlook the importance of creating an environment that is pure within reasonable means. I am going to lose my mind if one more seven-year-old gets a smartphone. (laughs) Mainly because they're all nicer than mine anyways, but... It's funny because my middle son goes to public school and he's in third grade. Isn't it odd to you that third graders have smartphones with unfiltered access to the internet? Is that not odd? How is it that we expect our young men to be pure if we pass them a smartphone with no blocks, no filters, no accountability, free reign to use it in their rooms, wherever they're at? As you're parenting young men, I want you to just be realistic about this, that we love these young men. We can't control what they pursue. They have to decide that in the end, but we're going to do our best to create blockades between them and impure things. None of you would take your son and drop him off in the red light district. And yet some of us drop an iPad or an iPhone into their hand and think you'll be okay. I know you're just playing a game and talking to your friends. Let's be wise for a second. You and I have to get savvy and be copious about the technology that our men are using for the sake of promoting purity in their life. And privacy in technology is not something that is a right for a minor in America. You do not have the right to have your phone and mom and dad cannot look at it. You do not have the right to have your phone and have unfiltered access to Safari or Chrome or whatever that is. I want you to take seriously the technology that you allow your young boys to have because in counseling, you need to hear this, in counseling, the ways that young men are finding pornography is not on their computers, it's on their phones. It's not on their laptop issued by the school, it's on their phones, it's on their iPads. So we have to take this seriously. I want you to also take seriously the environment you allow your boys to go stay the night in. Remember, your parenting preferences are going to be different from that of your son's friend's parents. Is that confusing? Your son's friend's parents? So when you drop them off to stay the night somewhere and Jimmy has a phone as well, then we need to ask hard questions about where is Jimmy's phone going when we go to bed or when there's no adult around, what's Jimmy going to do? Because at school, at sleepovers, at hangouts, at friends' houses, Those are the times when technology is passed around. And if you have one friend with unfiltered access, then that starts to now create issues. I'm very hesitant to let my boys stay the night at anyone's house that we're not close friends with. 
there were neighbors down the street. They were super kind. We were trying to be gracious and hang out with them. And they said, can our boy, can my boy stay the night with them? And we were just like, no, sorry, not going to happen. Because our preferences about technology, our preferences about life, those are very different. And there is no way that my sons are going to come hang out in your home with unfiltered access to whatever you have. So think this through. If we're going to be faithful in becoming men who are strong, godly, courageous, and pure, we need to adjust the way we're using our technology. And we need to help our sons think this through. Okay, last thought for you, and I'm going to leave you alone for today. Life is better as a man who is pure. Your conscience is clean and you have no shame. Purity often brings with it additional guilt where you feel like, I know I should do better, but I'm not. But I want you to hear this final statement. God's ways are better. His plans are better. And when you are a man of purity, it emboldens you. It gives you strength. There is nothing that you're afraid of. You're not afraid of people finding out some personal life. You know why? Because you are exactly what God's called you to be. You're pure. And that brings with it a peace of mind and a confidence that's hard to replace. So let's be pure men with the grace of God. So let's be courageous and let's be pure. On our next episode, I'll do my best to introduce our third attribute of what it means to be a man and not a woman. Let me pray for us. Would I pray for the men that are listening to this, that they would feel a call to be as pure as they can, that they would take their purity seriously for the sake of their family, for their future family, for the reputations, the reputation of the gospel, and ultimately your holiness. I pray for the women that are listening to this and they're trying to figure out how to love men who are struggling with purity. Help them to hold them to copious standards that ladies that are listening would expect their husbands to be pure. They would expect their boyfriends to be pure. They'd have biblical clarity that they should be treated like a sister in all purity. And Lord, give us wisdom for our sons. They have to choose to be pure on their own, but help us to create environments that facilitate that and make that easy. So may this be something that is different in our generation, that we take it seriously and we prioritize it for your glory and for our good, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.